You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! here to get one thing straight. What's that? This WOW World Championship, I won that all on my own. As a matter of fact, another thing that I did is I pinned the shoulders to the mat of the girl who was undefeated for 18 years, the girl who couldn't be beat, the unbeatable, the unbreakable jungle girl. Can you believe what she's saying? And the only reason that she had that streak is because she was never in the ring with me. Me set the record straight, Tessa Blanchard. So it's clear that I hit your head just a little bit harder during our match because either you are seriously concussed or you have amnesia. Because I believe it took two of you to get my shoulders to the mat. Thank you, Jungle. Right, Girl. Tessa? Really? Face me one on one. Right here, right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Rights and Wrongs Prolition Podcast. This is your host, Mr. Green, and we have yet another episode of Wow Superheroes on the review block. Following a week of them being under hiatus, they have returned. Another hour of relatively easy pro wrestling that we can watch on Access TV. Um, <clears throat> Uh, before we go off into the, uh, the the whole thing with Wow, of course, I, there's a couple of things you have. You always have to get out of the way before you get into the, the meat of your podcast. If you are listening to this for the first time and you want to subscribe and slash support the show, feel free to hit the subscribe button and wherever you are listening to this particular podcast, as you can catch it at WPN Wrestling, our website, which is the home base for everything that we do, video, audio, everything related. And wherever you find your greater podcast, you can get it a hold of it. All you got to do is type in WPN, and it should pop right on up. I've tried it, folks. I've gone around, and I've put WPN in a couple of different things. And uh, we seem to be the only ones that's there, so it's a relatively easy find. What does WPN stand for? Women's Person Network, of course. So, they, so just so you know why you're putting in WPN, that is why. Speaking of WPN, if you are a... Uh, Collar and Elbow fan, you need to go onto our Facebook page and uh, click so you can get that link and to get the uh, the discount, 10% off on all purchases. Get you some nice t-shirts from the Collar and Elbow brand. All you got to do is use our code WPN and you can get 10% off of all purchases you make there. They got some new designs out, so you may want to go visit their website. Quick plug for them uh, <clears throat> as you... And matter of fact, you probably saw that at the beginning of this, this program as it is. Uh, also, before we go off into the meat of it, last week I did say 
If you had any questions, comments, things like that, uh, that you want to share or ask or whatever it is that you wanted to address on the air, just send it over to me. Leave a comment in one of the, the videos below or, or anything like that, and I would get to it. Um, and there, there has been a, a comment that I, I want to bring up because it's something that I, t I talked about in the initial reviews of WoW a couple of years ago. And I say a couple of years, I know some of y'all may be new to the WoW thing, but WoW has been trying on and off for several years, dating back to 2002 to get itself up on its feet and up and running again. Uh, all the way back to after the first season of WoW had ceased in uh, 2001, I think uh, David McClain had sought out some new investors and people to try to support it. Uh, back in 2002, I believe Gene Simmons from KISS was one of the people that he was looking at, because which shouldn't be surprising because Gene Simmons did have a little bit of a, uh, a dipping of the toe in the, in the water that is wrestling, so to speak. He, 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 of course, you know, the some of you longtime fans would know the Demon from uh, WCW fame and then uh, the, the ill-fated XWF, which uh, was... Another pro wrestling program that was uh, shooting some some pilot episodes, but never really quite got picked up. Now I think that was roughly around the same time frame, if I'm not mistaken. That, that was during the the Great Wrestling Depression, as if you want to call it that. That was when the the old companies WCW and ECW died off, and, they, and we were all searching for a new replacement. And that basically came in the form of TNA and then uh, Ring of Honor. But we're in the wrestling resurgence now, but that's not here nor there. <clears throat> in any case, getting back to, to the point that the, the message came from Wild Fan. And he put this comment underneath the uh, post or underneath the interview for Wild's Frost. Now, let's be clear. For those that haven't seen her, you're probably not going to see her. Frost came in through the 2013 revamp of wow i believe and it just did not take and uh, after listening to this interview which clearly he did he he pretty much probably heard the frustration in frost's voice at that time so i want to read his comment and uh again if you have anything that you want to add to that if you want to uh send your comments in or your questions in about wow or any other piece of wrestling you know feel free but this is what wow fan wrote interesting that they have matches that they never posted i like two frost versus fire matches another match with a zoo car where she unmasked her apparently one with someone i could she couldn't remember makes me wonder how many matches they have in the can that weren't released that were taped for seasons two and three I also totally get her frustration with how long it took them to release the matches and footage they did. I don't know what the reasons were for that, but three years is a very excessive wait. Uh, wow, fan, you're absolutely right. Uh, three years is a very excessive wait. It, it, so excessive, in fact, that I would say half of the roster that was in that revamped version of WoW I simply just moved on. I mean, I, <clears throat> I I did try to track some of them down when I was doing those interviews when I got Frost and and uh, and others from that that era, but most of them have just pretty much washed their hands of wrestling entirely and just stepped away. Sunshine, I, I'll give you one because uh, 
she is um she probably was one of the few people that came in there and and i guess got a got herself relatively in the main event push in fact she was listed as okay she's the first girl to get a wild contract for whatever that meant and uh, she had her first championship match, and she was just squashed. And I, I hated that match. I mean, you can go back and listen to the review of it. I thought it was absurd. I thought it was just ridiculous that, okay, you, you built this girl up. You talked about her, about, okay, she's got her first contract, and she's getting in the wire. She, she didn't even put up a fight. She just, I mean, it was like the equivalent of those old 80s squash matches in the studio. She probably went all the two minutes, and that was that was it. Done. So I didn't, I, I didn't get the whole deal about sunshine but yeah she she was another one that I, I reached out to her and uh at the time she's like well i'm under contract i can't you know i can't really say anything about it so apparently um there was some verbiage in the contract that prevented them to from talking about it too much i would assume and that's at least from the ones that really cared about a contract i really don't think frost cared all that much especially at that point she she had just I don't want to say she was fed up, but I mean, maybe in her own words, she was. But <clears throat> as I was reading that that comment, here's some of the people that were in there at that time who just didn't come back: Azucar, Fire, Frenchie, Frost, Genesis, Ivy Quinn, Jade, who was a, a returning hero from the 2000 season, uh, Kitty Meow, Leonina, who went on to. Do the announcing at um, uh, uh, Lucha Underground, and I think she's getting married to Brian Cage, I believe. Uh, Lady London, Paradise, who was another return. A Razor, Santana Garrett, who did stick around for some time, but Garrett is now going on, and she's uh, at NXT now, so she she's taking a step back. Um, Siren, Spike, Sunshine, who I just talked about, who coincidentally, after her contract ran out, I think contacted me like two and a, two and a half years later, said she was ready for an interview. I was like, oh, okay. I just I just thought that was funny. I was like, why now? Really? Anyway, uh, and Tadvik the Gamer, who did make news in, in uh, recent years when she uh, did her independent and i stress independent portrayal of sister abigail um when she was trying to get a gig with wwe and she she created her own little version of sister abigail that that she felt like would work well in the in the wyatt storyline and uh sent the video off to them and and, and i think that they were attempting to use some, some of that but uh in essence, I mean, the, the, the long and short of that, and I, I don't want to get too far off track, the long and short of that whole thing with, with Tadavik was, <clears throat> I believe the WWE liked the storyline, but they didn't want her. So, and, and that, that created the bone of contention. So, I, I, at this stage, I doubt that you're ever going to see that because they've, they've moved on far away from the whole Sister Abigail thing. They, they got the whole Firefly Funhouse, so there's no, no uh, real reason to maintain Sister Abigail. But all of that to say is that, yes, uh, in, in 2013, there, there was a lot of uh, footage that was shot. From what I understood, there was full episodes. I want to say two to three full episodes, possibly four, of Wild that was shot in Las Vegas. 
That's the first thing. So it would have filled a uh, uh, hour block, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. But what they wound up doing with that footage, since it could not go to air on any television station, is that uh, they basically, and I'm not saying that they used, you know, did did it because we did it, but they basically used the same formula that the WPN does and that the episodes consist of a match. You know, and, and we do that because it's YouTube. They did it because they went to their website and it probably worked for them at that point. They can't do it anymore because they're on television. But at that time, they chopped around a lot of different things and they got whatever story that they could. So they did make use of the footage. And to answer your question, there probably is a significant amount of that that is uh, just sitting in a hard drive somewhere. I do believe I talked to somebody about it once before. Uh, you know, as I'm talking about it, it's kind of jogging a little bit of my memory because there were some people that I <clears throat> that I did uh, see in promo pictures and clips and, and, and through the interviews. All, all signs point towards that there was more footage that exists in a hard drive or in a can somewhere that, you know, the, the general public just simply will not be able to see and mostly consisting of wild girls who I just named who aren't coming back. So it's probably, you know, it's probably not going to happen just for those reasons alone. So in, in any case, uh, <clears throat> if you have any other comments for those that are listening out there right now, uh, feel free to put those underneath the, uh, the comment section if you're listening to this on YouTube or, or if you got this uh, on some other format through Podbean, iTunes, uh, TuneIn Radio, et cetera, et cetera, then shoot me the message directly either on Facebook, on the Windows Pro Network Facebook page, and join that if you haven't already, or like it if you haven't already, sorry. Or you can send it to me directly at mrgreen75 at hotmail.com. I will get that and I will read that on the air or address it on the air one way or the other. And I also want to try one other new thing here because, you know, I really didn't know that um, YouTube had a poll. But I'm interested to see what the poll is for those of you that actually watched the episode what did you think of it? Did you, what did, you, did you think the episode was good or did you think the episode was bad? Is it a yay or is it nay? So for those of you that actually watched the episode, leave your, your vote there. I'm going to put the little uh, card at the top of the screen. And, and this is specific for the YouTube crowd. Um, I don't have it on, on the uh the podcast or the MP3 versions, sorry for those that that's downloading it or listening to it through that. I, I can't do it through there, but I can put it on the Facebook page. I can put the poll up there. If you want the poll up there, you can just give, give me a thumbs up, thumbs down, yes or no, whether, whether you like it, and then we'll go over the uh, results of that next week. Uh, <clears throat> so here we are. This is the uh, third episode. And there's something about Dave McClain that I'll, that I'll address at the end of this. You know, we're just going to the episode now. We'll, we'll roll back around to it. So we begin as a championship recap of the end of the triple threat from a, a week. Well, I would say a week prior, but a, a uh, two weeks prior where the match was basically thrown out because Hazard came in and she interfered and she 
caused a no contest in what was supposed to be a triple threat elimination match. Now, I have already gone on record in the previous podcast saying I don't get that. I don't get it. I, I don't get how you go to a no contest for this one incident starting out. It wasn't like she started a melee that the referee just couldn't control. That's the first thing. It wasn't like it was a one-on-one contest that caused some sort of problems. It's a triple threat elimination match. By nature, the triple threat usually gets rid of the disqualification just because we can't disqualify one person and cost the other two. So in that regard, it didn't make a lot of sense to me, but you know, they got their own story to tell. So we move on. The show starts off in the way that seemingly the show starts off every week with Tessa Blanchard coming out there interrupting David McClain, giving her heel stick. I'm the champion and this, that, and the other, and you need it, you know, nobody's better than me, blah, 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 blah. Uh, somewhere in there she she goes into, and, you know, and I, I beat the undefeatable and unbreakable jungle girl. I, I, I still do not like that. Why? Because they keep promoting it like Jungle Girl was unbeaten for 18 years. That's absurd. She was she was not unbeaten for 18. Okay, all right. Let, let's scratch that. Because I guess on the surface of it, she was. But when you pull back that layer, she didn't wrestle for 15 of them. So, yes, she was undefeated for 18 years, but it doesn't match what they're trying to sell you. Now, and, and let me be clear. I love me some Jungle Girl. I absolutely, absolutely do. Had her on the show twice. She's a sweetheart of a woman. She's a genetic wonder. I just don't think that how they portray her is doing her any favors in this environment. We are in a world now where it is just as easy as a click of a button to go in there and see that, hey, this didn't take place. She didn't wrestle all these years. They don't have the footage to back up a 18-year undefeated streak. They just don't. What I would say in place of that, that would get the point across just as well is just just say, hey, Jungle Girl was the, was the, the big dog here. She, she was undefeated. She had not been beaten in any incarnation of WoW, which is, you know, that now that I would rather them go with that, which isn't altogether true because she was beaten, uh, what, in 2000? How many people are going to go back and look at 2000 and see that? Was, since the year 2000 till now, she hadn't been beaten in a WoW ring. So just word it differently to where it doesn't come off like, hey, you know, she, she hadn't been beaten in 18 years. Because it, that paints the picture of Asuka or Goldberg or EC3 when he was unbeaten for two. You know, it, it paints the picture of those people who went on a, on a definitive undefeated streak. And she doesn't have that. She has a great streak within WoW, but it's not a definitive, un, it's not an undisputed undefeated streak. And it sounds good for Tessa to be able to say it, but it's not altogether true. It's not altogether false, but it's not altogether true either. And I think I used the example last week. that It would be like me saying, I'm undefeated in boxing. Well, yeah, I'm undefeated in boxing because I don't box. So, you know, just I would like it changed to something more sensible. I know they're not going to do it just because I said it, but that's, that you know, just, just one of those – uh, well, use the family guy mode is one of them things that grind my gears so anyway she drops that which of course you call out you know you, you bring up Jungle Girl's name is basically calling out Jungle Girl comes out 
She confronts Tessa, essentially challenging her there on the spot, saying, well, hey, well, we could do this right now. You and me, one-on-one for the Wild Championship, which uh, I thought that makes perfect sense coming out of her mouth because she never lost in a one-on-one environment. She never had the opportunity to get a rematch in a one-on-one environment. So it makes sense that she would be that she would put her name out there against her, which Tessa seemingly was willing to do. And um, this is what brings out now the Monsters of Madness, who are Havoc and Hazard, or Jessica Havoc and Nevaeh. Um, so they come out. Dave McClain's doing the no, no, no. We can't, you know, we can't do that. We're not doing this now. We're not going to have a match. Blah blah blah. And then Tessa. Is about to make the hasty exit once again, and who's coming out to stop her but the Beast. You can see it coming a mile away, but predictability doesn't necessarily mean that it's wrong. It works, and it sets the Beast up. And she, You know, she comes off like a star here. I, I, I have to give her credit because they, they shoot her in such a way that she looks broad, she looks muscular, she looks powerful. She, she is all those things, but they also play it up on screen. She, she looks the part. And she gets in there and, you know, it It does feel in a wild sense like a big deal. You got Havoc, you got Hazard, you got Jungle Girl, you got the Beast, and all of them look like, you know, that in their own right, physical, you know, physically intimidating. So seeing them all jockeying for the position, well, Hazard's not really jockeying for the position of, of being the uh, world's champion, but she is seconding. Uh, havoc so seeing them all kind of here jockeying for position for the for the championship uh it is it's a good look i enjoyed it and so now you have dave mcclain and we're going to go for old wrestling trope in here he's like hey you know we can't have that match today but i tell you what you can have you jungle girl and you beast have a common uh enemy now you know you might have a common goal why don't we place you two together and you go against the, the Monsters of Madness? So we see a setup for the main event match of the night, which I also said last week. Like, So they did it. So, I mean, just in that regard, I was like, they did a good job in setting the tone that you knew was going to come across, that being that we were going to get this tag team match. We saw it when they say when Jungle Girl saved the Beast in the uh, main event segment last week, and we move on to to this. So following that, we we got a promo for the next match, which is Nikki Crumpus and Princess Ozzy, who is Simone Sherry. If if you are looking for her on the independent circuit, Crumpus uh, may be the most animated presentation that I've seen on WoW so far. You know, with the fur trimmed outfit and the the hooves for boots and stuff like that, and the mask that she comes out with. I mean, you know, it, it's <laughs> it's almost like a step or two above Mantar, but, you know, what, what, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? It, it, this is one of those moments where I'm like, if that took place in the WWE tomorrow, fans would lose their mind. But because it's in WoW, you know, it, it's, it gets a pass. So you have Crumpus who's coming out there. She's represented by uh, Sofia Lopez. I want to see more out of the managers in this show. I don't get, I don't get really get the chance to know them. Lopez is probably the closest that we've got to really kind of uh, 
meet a manager, so to speak. But I, I, I want to see more out of them. Like, give me a segment where we're just talking to the managers. I mean, or or at least a profile on them or something like that. Even if you have to put it on Facebook, just you know, profile the managers. Because to me, right now, they're just a body. They're just people that come out there and just wave around and cheat occasionally. But we don't really know them. Not like you know. But I, I, let's give credit to where credit's due in that. Wow, is kind of gone against the curve and, and assigned managers because. Uh, you know, where the WWE goes, the wrestling industry generally follows. And once they decided that we don't want managers, they just kind of killed them off. But so Wild deserves some credit in that they at least used them. I just wish that they were profiled more so we understood who and what they are. And like I said, Sofia Lopez is probably the one that has the most personality underneath her because she had a little bit more time. You know, she's, you know, the, the world's greatest attorney, represented uh, Caged Heat. Now she's, rep- last week she represented uh, Serpentine, who we also know as um, Thunder Rosa. And now she's representing Crumpus. So she has her assumed stable, I guess, if you want to want to call it that. But then again, Caged Heat is nowhere to be found. So and I'll, I guess I'll talk about that later. <clears throat> so we we have that. And we've got Princess Aussie. Uh, th- this was basically a, I don't want to say a showcase for Krumpus, but it was it was essentially there to introduce Krumpus to the wild audience. So I, I think we knew what was going on here, or at least I did when, when I saw Krumpus come out. Um, despite that, she she wasn't the uh, the overwhelming bully. Aussie got offense in and she was presented as i'm about to win this you know I'm, I'm, she's going up to the top rope and lopez grabs her foot she you know she's she's trying to keep her from going and you know then the referee's getting on her and all that stuff like that and 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 lopez manages to uh slide in aussie's super huge bamboo sticks under the ring apron for krampus to use now how the referee didn't see or hear this i don't know but he didn't and <laughs> Krampus hits her with the bamboo sticks in the stomach, and she catches her with what she calls a happy holiday, which is, you know, like a urinagi slam. And that's it. Krampus, Nikki Krampus, let me pronounce it right, Nikki Krampus wins the match. So she she gets her win in. Lopez has one of her representatives win. I'm not always entirely sure if if Sofia Lopez is babyface or heel. I mean, I could have swore I saw her coming out there shaking hands with some of the fans or whatnot. I don't, and they never really tell a story about her being disingenuous or, or anything along those lines. So it's, sometimes it's hard for me to tell, I mean, when she does that, but then yet and still she'll cheat for her, her client. And last week she was the de facto babyface because they were in the ring with Tessa Blanchard. So I mean, I, I there are these occasions when I'm like, I don't know what to make of Sofia Lopez, but you know, I guess it is what it is, and uh, that hopefully they'll iron it out. And, and this, these are the reasons why I wish they had some profile. It ain't got to be on the show. People will go to the social media page, put it on Facebook, put it on your website, put it somewhere, you know. But but let people know who these characters are. So after that is done, while they're still in the ring, mind you, the lights go out, 
They come back on, Holiday and Siren the Voodoo Queen. And this is not the same siren as the one mentioned earlier. Uh, they come and they take Ozzy away. Just like that. No help. Nobody comes out there to try to rescue Princess Ozzy. Not, not even her tag team partner from the week prior who was in the same building that night. I mean, you know, it, it would be kind of weird if, if she wasn't there or if it was portrayed as not there, but her partner literally came out like the following match. So I don't know. It it, it didn't seem uh <laughs> didn't seem like the baby faces stick out for the baby faces here, or, or at least if you're a baby face on the lower end of the hierarchy, you're just on your own. So uh my my guess here is that perhaps we'll see the Voodoo Queen performs something on Princess Ozzy and, and 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 maybe make her part of her army, I don't know, or something along those lines. That's just a guess. Like I said, I, I don't have any inside track to that. That's just my interpretation. I was like, why, why else would they take her? So, I don't know. Um, the next segment, we got Temptress, who some people will remember as Kata Lee Birchall or winner from uh, Impact Wrestling, taking on Raina Ray's. Uh, who is Giselle Shaw? I could not pronounce her name last week for the life of me or the last review, but that is Giselle, Giselle Shaw. So we have that. We got uh, Dagger coming out with Tentress, her her tag team partner, uh, who, again, you know, that, and I will address the tag team tournament. Like, why, why, why are there no brackets? Why has this not been informed yet? I mean, if we could take guesses at back who's supposed to be in it, I would assume the Vengeful Vixens, Temptress, and, and Dagger are in it at some point, but they all, we don't know. They're, 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 and they're not trying to unveil that at any point. It's just like you just figure it out as you go. And it's, it seems like this is going to take forever <laughs> when it's going to take one match per week, but I don't know. Um, so anyway, we we've got uh, Dagger and we got uh, not Dagger, sorry, Temptress, and we got Raina Rays, which is and was a good technical matchup. It, they, they were going move for move, they were exchanging holes. Uh, I think I used the term before. I was like, it, it's hard for me to discount a match where two of the ladies have. Uh, maybe I'm not going to say extensive training, but they certainly came into the promotion with training underneath their belt already. Giselle Shaw and Winter both have wrestling training already. So it's not a, a, a big surprise that they would be able to hold a decent match with one another. It's just no, no shocker at all that they could do this. So you had them two, and they're going in, and they're, they're doing the exchange. Meanwhile, on commentary, uh, for whatever reason, Dave McClain is talking about you know the main event happening, saying that it's taking place because they they got a common goal. Which, like, hey, fifteen minutes ago, you made them in the in the main event together. You told them to do it. It's not like they had a common goal. They actively were arguing about it on screen. So so I I didn't get why he why the narrative suddenly changed to. Like, hey, we're you know, the Beast and Jungle Girl, they're they're forming a bond here, and they're like they're not forming a bond. You told them to do it. Uh, 
But anyway, that, that that was just a little side note that happened during the course of this match that I, that I had to take note of. Uh, <clears throat> at some point in the match, Reyes picks up the speed and and, and uh, begins to showcase. Temperatures takes control again. You know, she get it started to get a little bit more aggressive at this point, which uh, which is good. And again, very enjoyable. Uh, well, I should say Tim just took control after the distraction from Dagger because she did the heel thing. Got to, got to stick her nose in the business, and then Tim just comes in and, and starts to uh, be in control of the magic. And she seemingly could have gotten the win, but she has a very laxed cover, which, of course, Reyes is able to kick out of. Um, Tim is beating her, and Reyes stops this by catching her foot. And this is probably one of the better moments in the match, the close-up of Ray's as she catches the foot and rises to her feet, like staring at temperatures in her eyes as if to say, all right, that's all I'm taking. And, I mean, I I, I found out it was, it, was a, it was a nice moment. I have to give Wild credit for that. I know I get on them sometimes about cameras and switching back and forth and this, that, and the other, but they actually gave that a little bit of time for that to play and, and to register with the viewers. I was like, I enjoyed this. And uh, Reyes finished it off with a Scott Twister from the uh, from the top rope for the win. And, and unlike her partner earlier, the attempt to be distracted, to be caught by the outside force, that being Dagger, did not work. She actually kicked her off. Put her down to the to the floor, and then she came off with the uh, squat sky twister press from the top rope, nailing temptress one two three. She wins the match. So there we have it. Um, whereas she did not do well in the tag team tournament, in singles tournament, well in the singles match, there is no singles tournament. In the singles match, Reyna Reyes, the former uh, was it, Azucar. No, that's not right. I'm I'm picking up somebody from. Azteca. I was thinking about the uh, lady from uh, a couple of seasons ago, but her former identity is shed, and now she's going on as Reina Rays. So there we have it. You know, she 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 moves forth. Uh, the next segment, the Psycho Sisters video package, where they talk about essentially the history between how they all came together and the introduction of, of Mesmera who looks like she could legitimately be um, Harlow O'Hara's sister, Fury, on the show. Uh, so all in all, I mean, the, the, the general recap of this is that, and I don't know if they, they want you to take it literally or not, because in a literal sense it sounds kind of out there, but Mesmera was underground, you know, for it never seen the light of day. It's, you know, something along those lines. And then she finally came out to the L.A. underground and she saw something beautiful. She saw violence. She, some, I, I guess somewhere along the line she came out in the middle of a gang war or something to that effect. And she originally got into a fight with the other Psycho Sisters. And... Because of her zeal and her her uh, willingness to stick with it, they they basically invited her into the gang. So they they kind of present this as a gang more so than they do a a uh, 
a tag team, I suppose. So Mesmer, Fury, Razor, they are now the Psycho Sisters. And, and I guess coming from this, not legitimate biological sisters, but Psycho Sisters in the term of the, of the group. And uh, they are promoting a match from Mesmer next week. They're saying, hey, all right, tune in next week to see Mesmer make her debut. So that now begs the question, if we have a three-person team for the Psycho Sisters, which, I mean, it's hard for me to say they're my pick to win the, uh, the tag team titles, but they, Wild seems to be putting a lot behind them at this point. If they do, will they do it in the vein of a Freebird-type rule? I know that's kind of going back there, but I guess the newer version of that would be the New Day, you know, where they have any two of the three that can jump in and defend at any given time. So I wonder will they, will they do, do it along those lines, considering if Mesmer is any good or not. I, I think of the three, she may be the only one that is a wild original girl, whereas Razor and Fury both have a um, have a a history outside of wild. As Harlow O'Hara, who who basically is an entirely different persona when she's out there, but then again, so is her partner Sarah the Rebel. So I mean, they're they're like completely different if you see them on the independent circuit. Harlow in particular, she's the the priestess on on wild. She's a, a nut. So, it's just interesting. That's just a little food for thought. Wonder if they'll they'll make it some sort of package team that we can switch and swap at will. Um, So the next thing that we got here, the next segment, another video package, but this one is about the team of the disciplinarian and Abilene Maverick and how Samantha Smart brought them together. And within this, I mean, they're basically showing. Abilene uh, worming her way out of a match with Steffi Slays, and they're showing the disciplinarian losing in an in a effort against Steffi Slays. Not only are they showing her losing, but they're highlighting the fact that it's the first time Steffi Slays has won ever. So, so you got the disciplinarian who, you know, I guess we, we want to take her as a threat, but now we're like, hey, and she lost to Steffi Slays, the person who couldn't beat anybody up until right then. So I thought that was interesting that they that that was the video package and that that was kind of introduced. I, I think I might have just skipped over that part if nothing else, but you know that that's just me. Um, so now we got the this team that has been created to enter the tag team tournament. Underneath the uh, guide or the guidance of Samantha Smart, which again, going back to that first statement, I really wish we knew more about these people. The only thing I know about Samantha Smart is that her copy and paste works pretty good on Google. Because whatever it is that she's posting up on Facebook and and uh Instagram in particular, I'm like, all right, I know that she ain't just sit there and, you know, the, the the miles from the sun to the earth or this, that, and da, da, da. I was like, I know she ain't just spouting that out just on her own. Like, I, I can go on Google and copy and paste the answer. But, you know, if, you, if you're going to sell her as, as this IQ superior, you know, then give, give her something to, to let, let that show. Ah. <sighs> 
maybe it's asking too much. I don't know. Let me know what you think. Do you agree? Do you agree that Samantha Smart and 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 uh, Sophia Lopez and whoever the heck else they got as a manager that should be highlighted a little bit just so we can kind of know who they are? Um, you know, I, I, I'd like to know that if I'm alone in that or not. All right, so here we are. We got the tag team match. We know that is for the for advancement in the tag team tournament. We still have no brackets. We have no brackets for the tag team. We don't know how many teams are in this, how long this is supposed to take, who's in it, nothing. Just, just week by week, it's like, all right, we got another tag team match. So, I don't know. The disciplinary and Aveline Maverick versus Sassy Massey and Chantilla Chella, a.k.a. Raylan and Alicia Edwards. And also, if we're talking about the disciplinarian, a.k.a. Robin Reed, and Abilene Merrick, the former Barbie Hayden, who has officially made her retirement from taking independent bookings, I guess. So now it is all Abilene Maverick. There's only Abilene now. So we had this. The match looks good. Same rules apply as what I just said for temperatures and uh, Raina Rays. It is hard to have a bad match with girls who came into that company already ready to rock and roll. And these four are already ready to rock and roll. They delivered. I mean, it, it was – I enjoyed the tag team match, really. I mean, it. the only thing that I didn't care for in the tag team match, but I say this with all tag team matches, is when they had that double tag thing. We were, we're both down. We both reach up at the same time. We both made the tag simultaneously. I, you know, it, 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 it's not a hot tag for me. I was like, you know, that, that, let's put a little bit more effort into it, but that's just my personal opinion. Uh, but they look good. The timing was great. You know, um, I like the little the, – the deal they did with – Massey's in the ring and uh, she charges into the the um, no, excuse me not not her disciplinarian charges into the turnbuckle to hit her but Massey gets out of the way but it, Abilene comes in and spears on the apron so it was it was good time and good teamwork uh, the disciplinarian the disciplinarian and Abilene Maverick at the start of this were doing the heel thing they were taking the beating and you know. <clears throat> Making the, the baby faces look good until they could turn it around at that moment that I just talked about. So they 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 have all of that. They they're doing good. They're making great tag team uh maneuvers like the the um the axe handle sidewalk slam combo by the by the heels. I thought that was that was pretty cool. Um it all did fine until of course it broke down. These referees in WoW are terrible. They don't even try to present the idea that they're trying to get control of the match like once all four people just get in there then just forget it just let them do what they're doing and let them let them run around they'll work it out we'll, we'll they'll finish it up later i don't know so then the referee just kind of stands off to the side and lets them peel out like i don't see him counting i don't see him yelling at nobody say hey get back out of the ring none, none of that just just let them knock each other around and then let the let it clear up so we have that <laughs> They had the little spiel. The disciplinarian gets put out of action on the outside. Samantha Smart's out there trying to get her up to her feet. Meanwhile, Abilene's yelling or, or trying to get her partner. She gets taken back in by uh, uh, Sassy Massey. I'm still not very fond of that name, but, you know, I guess it'll grow on me. She gets taken back in by Sassy Massey, and between Sassy and Chantilla, 
She gets hit with a complete shot cutter combo. Very nice finish. And one, two, three, Abilene Maverick gets beaten. She, she, she takes the pinfall, and that's that. My notes as I watched this was why. Like, why did we see this video package? Why did we have them set up and and presented as these big stars and all that stuff? Like, because they, you know, they gave them such a grand, cinematic, beautiful package. And then the next thing you know, she's on her back looking at the lights. Like, why, why, why did we do this? For shouldn't we have done the video package on the other two or something like that? I mean, wouldn't that, you know? Not, Maybe I'm asking too much, but maybe that wouldn't have made more sense to like, hey, you know, let, let's let's talk about Sassy Massey and Chantilla Jella, you know, that they can go in there and do that, do their whole deal, and hey, look at that, they won. You know, it would it would have made a little bit more sense, I would, I think. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm always willing to give the benefit of the doubt to the story. And the story may be something over the course of time. It may move forth and whatnot. Um, but that, that that was my my first thought. As soon as I saw that pinfall, I was like, what the heck was this? Uh, after that match, there's a video package promoting the main event. Video packages here are always pretty nice. Cannot, cannot knock the video package or the work done by the crew backstage other than when they want to go cut 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 in the middle of a match but when i see that i'm assuming that the match is not overly good uh the next segment a vignette backstage where we see an argument between abilene maverick and a disciplinarian the uh disciplinarian is understandably upset as she didn't get pinned but Abilene Maverick is basically saying hey this is your fault you know you, where were you and all, all that good stuff you know she more or less she got double teamed because the, the, and which is true because not only did she get hit with a double team maneuver but she was double pinned both Sassy Massey and Chantilla Chella were on top of them and that constituted a pin somehow so, you know, that that's one of them things that if the babyface does it, it's perfectly fine. If the heels did it, it would have been considered cheating, but that's neither here nor there. So she's, you know, they're, they're carrying on with each other. Samantha Smarts does a poor job of breaking this up. I mean, she comes in and she spouts out a couple of big words and, you know, saying how, how she was going to pull this thing together. You know, some nonsense like that where they still stormed off from each other anyway. I was like, well... After seeing this, I, mean, I, I guess that they could further their storyline and, and they could continue to have some version of a partnership. But my next question and my next note there was, well, why continue it? Because clearly this is the first time that they've tagged with each other. If, if we're going to believe the video package that we just saw, Samantha Smart assigned them to each other. They weren't friends they didn't have any sort of history together as far as Wild Universe is concerned. They didn't want to, you know, uh, hey, we should go out to the tag team titles. You know, they, they, they didn't even have that kind of conversation. It was just, so that's a smart, decide to put Abilene Maverick and the disciplinary together. And they did it and they lost. So I was like, so why why continue this partnership? What What is there to gain 
between either one of them doing. They are knocked out of the tournament. They they're not gonna even if they wanted to team up with each other, they are not gonna see a tag team title shot probably for the better portion of a year, considering how long this tag team tournament is scheduled, I mean seemingly scheduled to go on. It looks like it's gonna be a while before we even see tag team champions, period, much less a challenger to that. So what 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 point does this serve? Why? If anything, Samantha Smart should be trying to get a disciplinarian a title shot at the Wild Championship or, you know, using some of this higher intellect to, to elevate the disciplinarian some kind of way. Abilene Maverick doesn't need that. She, I mean, she has already proven as a character that she is fine on her own, more or less. So, I mean, I, 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 I just didn't get it personally. And, uh, you know... Perhaps as it unrolls a little bit further, it'll make sense. But if it doesn't go somewhere, if this little vignette doesn't go somewhere, if it's just a standalone vignette out of the clear blue just for the sake of having a vignette, then it's going to come across to me as a waste of time. The final segment of the show was the main event. The Monsters of Madness, Havoc and Hazard, taking on Jungle Girl and the Beast. And this, this, this comes across as, as fairly interesting for all the reasons I mentioned before. Is uh, you know, the physical stature of all four ladies involved, uh, specifically the three. Not not to push Hazard out of the equation because you know she's <laughs> she has a presence about her as well. But, you know, you, you got a powerhouse uh, and uh, the beast. You got a genetic marvel and jungle girl. You got a, you know, a, a giant more or less in women's wrestling and, and, and Jessica Havoc or Havoc. It's hard for me not to say Jessica Havoc. I'm used to it. Uh, but I will try. In the wild universe, she is just Havoc. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it is interesting to see in, in those terms. Um. I uh, the the commentators continued to play this up as if it was the choice of Jungle Girl and the Beast, completely ignoring the fact that David McClain made this match on his own. I and mean, uh, if you have DVR this or anything of that nature, just go back to the to that opening segment and look at them. They they look like they didn't want a team. And as I said, th- this is a wrestling trope that we've seen before. It's the unwilling tag team partners. We're put together through circumstances that we can't control, but in the midst of us trying to, you know, tag up, I'm going to outdo you. And that's basically what happened here. This reminds me very much, and yes, I'm digging back here a number of years, but but this is the first one of the first times I remember seeing it. Randy Savage and the Ultimate Warrior taking on the Nasty Boys at the SummerSlam Spectacular in 92. Not, not SummerSlam, the pay-per-view. But SummerSlam Spectacular, which, of course, led. And they, they did this leading into Savage versus the Warrior, which I bring this up, you know, for obvious reasons. <clears throat> but you uh, yeah, had yeah, Savage, you had the Warrior, the Unwilling Partners against a, a, a well-oiled tag team. But even as such, both of them were beating the tar out of the Nasty Boys. But even even though that they, they weren't cooperating with each other they're tagging themselves in and out and stuff like that and slapping each other for the tag so in this particular instance you have 
you know, the tag team partners that are forced into the match. And that scenario plays out similar to what I just described in that the beast tags herself in. Just once Jungle Girl gets close enough, it's smack. Okay, I'm in, you're out. And for the most part, now there, there was portions of this where, of course, Havoc and Hazard did show some uh, control. But for the most part, it felt like this was the beast and it was Jungle Girl. They They had this thing, you know, showing that, well, I was—I don't want to use the the animals reference that, that Dave Dave McLean like having it, you know, the the beast and junk girl, haha, not I guess natural selection or whatever, you know. I'm I'm expecting some sort of jungle pun in the in the following weeks, but um, we we see them at least what was it? I, I think I want to say at least two to the, two to three times we we see that uh, aggressive tag. Get out, I'm in. You know, slap you on the back or I, or I grab your hand and slap it myself and I get in and do all that. And they, you know, basically when they do these things, they go in and they clean house. Now, the Beast did get taken over for a while. Like I said, Havoc and Hazard did have their moment to shine. They weren't just getting beat up, you know, nonstop. But if I were looking at this and I was saying, all right, who is uh, illustrating dominance here? We got to go with Beast and we got to go with Jungle Girl. So with that, and we had the tag team partners in dispute, you know, because they're doing their, you know, I'm better than you. Without saying it, they're doing their better than you thing. Hazard goes out and she gets a chair and she blatantly uses it and she gets the DQ. So the winners of the match by disqualification are Jungle Girl and the Beast. But now let's rewind this a little bit here in that uh, who was I, I think it was Havoc that had a Boston Crab on the Beast. And the Beast is powering out of this Boston Crab. She is, you know, using her clear physical strength to get, get up out of this. But at the same time, Jungle Girl is trying to protect the match, protect her partner. So she comes in and she gives Havoc a drop kick across the back, the side of the head. Excuse me, not the back, the side of the head. And that is what puts this in motion. That is where the dispute comes in. Like As if to say the beasts were telling her, I didn't need your help. And Joan Girl's like, well, I, I, was, I was trying to help you, trying to do the match. So, you know, you had that moment. And now we bring it back up to speed where Hazard goes out. She gets the chair while they're arguing with each other. And she smacks one of them and gets disqualified. So that is where we get the disqualification win for uh, the Beast and Jungle Girl. However, as they are being awarded the match and raising their hands or whatnot, real quick, Jungle Girl grabs the chair off the, off the mat and... and hits the beast in the ribs just bam you know and uh soon as that happens okay now you got people breaking them up and make sure that no that that a fight does not break out so i on the surface of it you would say oh man drunk girl's turning heel i i don't know if i would ever if i would go that far to say she's turning heel rather than in the context of the story these two still don't get along as far as Jungle Girl is concerned, the Beast is the reason that I am not the wild champion. She powerbombed me, which put me down, and Tessa Blanchard took advantage of it. So it took two of them to beat me, as she said earlier in the show. Beast 
certainly feels like she should be next in line, and Jungle Girl basically is the obstacle in her way to being the champion. So we, we have that. Uh, and like I said, in the context of it, I don't think that it's a heel turn out of Jungle Girl. I just think that they both are very distrusting and aggressive towards each other, and that spirit of competition that they have basically illustrated between the two of them is taking full bore. And now now we are setting something up between the two of them. So my next assumption, as I brought up the Summer Slam Spectacular, that's hard to say sometimes, of 1992, and that's a long time ago, between Savage and the Warrior being paired off as partners only for them to wrestle against each other at the pay-per-view, uh, my my next thought is this sets up a match. I mean, that would seem to be the logical direction that Jungle Girl and the Beast at this point, even though they were forced into being tag team partners right here, uh, should be squared up and, and having to uh, have a match with each other one-on-one Finally, I don't think they've had the one-on-one confrontation yet. They've they've had the uh, the three-way, but, but uh, we haven't had that Jungle Girl Beast match. And I think that this would set it up. As far as Havoc, I mean, she at this point, the story seems to be edging her out. It it, it appears that uh, she's just almost like a third wheel. And she has a partner. She has Hazard. And if she goes out to the world's championship, where does that leave the Monsters of Madness as a tag team? Now, granted, she could go after it and she could lose and they can move on. But uh, I, I, I don't really see a place for her in this main event scene right now unless unless she gets another shot one-on-one. And she already had one. She Of the three mentioned, she had a shot at Tessa Blanchard Last season, she lost, and you know she's still complaining that she wants another shot. <clears throat> Which, as a heel, I guess she should do. But still, having the both of them there, I would think that the natural thing would be to place them into the tag team tournament. And and again, I have no idea who else is supposed to be in this tournament. How it's going to mix up or or what have you. But I mean, we can we could take a couple of guesses. You know, we we can we can try to surmise a few people here and there or a few teams here and there. As as I just stated, the Monsters of Madness, you know, perhaps they're they're gonna go in. I, I would think so. I mean they are an established team. Uh the Vengeful Vixens, Temptress and Dagger. I, I would think that they would be involved in it in some kind of way. Um who else do we have here? I mean, who who else is there? We we have to eliminate Abilene Maverick and, and the disciplinarian. They lost. Faith the Linus and Lana Starr did announce going into the tournament, so we we have to wait to see how that's going to go. Uh, the Bully Busters have already been eliminated. Sassy Massey and Chantilla Chella are still in. They, they they did win and they will advance. The Psycho Sisters won, uh, and they should advance. Uh, 
Holiday and and uh, Siren. I think they're they're in it, so they should advance. You know, I may need to write these out and 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 come up with my own bracket and see, because that that's probably the only way that we're actually going to see brackets is if I do it myself. <laughs> um, who else do we have here? Who who else is on the the wild roster that that could just suddenly show up and be in in a in a tag team tournament? I don't perceive the Beast or Jungle Girl as hey, well let's do it again and let's be in a tag team tournament. But Jesse Jones and Ambro Neal, all right, we saw Jesse Jones last episode walk off with Ambro Neal, and they they posted up a little video on uh, I believe it was the the Instagram where. Uh, Amber O'Neill is kind of hanging out with with Jesse Jones, and she's she, she's I guess getting her back down to her roots, you know, where she's asking for champagne, and Jesse brings her moonshine, you know, stuff like that. So that could be a tag team. That that's that's possible. Uh, fire and Adrenaline. I know that they have since partnered up outside of Wow. So that could be a potential team as well if i am going with the theory that the manager would unify somebody perhaps we'll see serpentine and nikki crumpus now i will say in her instagram they spell it krampus k-r-a-m-p-u-s on the tv show they spell it crump k-r-u-m-p-a-s so i i so I don't know what was what the deal with that is specifically, but uh, just just a little side note there. Uh, and, and I think that 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 may do the entirety of the tag team tournament, which brings me back around to this. It is my understanding that the Cage Heat may not be involved with Wild this season, if at all. Um. From what I understand, I mean, I, I know that the logistics of getting one member of KC, well, getting the team together in general is 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 becoming, I guess, challenging to do. Uh, you have one member that stays in L.A., the other one that lives in Atlanta, which, I mean, let's be honest, it should not be as difficult as that for a while because they – I know for a fact that they fly people in from Atlanta all the time. Well, I'm not going to say all the time, but at least for the tapings. They have flown people in for those tapings from as far as Florida and Georgia and I think the Carolinas. <clears throat> and just because you're tattooing does not mean that you're supposed to be living in the same city necessarily. I mean, the Rock and Roll Express, they, those guys still tag up to this day, and they don't stay in the same city. And one of them stays in, uh, I think, South Carolina. The other one lives in Georgia. So, you know, when, when somebody calls them, when Ring of Honor calls and New Japan and, and all these other promotions that called them up, and they do still get calls. Believe me, I, I've, I've, seen, I've seen the booking sheet myself, okay? Them, them guys work. <laughs> That's a side note, but they work. Um, uh, when, when they get the call, that, that the company sends the tickets. They're like, hey, we, they, they want them both. They got to pay for them both. That's just the way it goes. Uh, but in Wild's defense, that may not be a choice for them to make. 
I know during some of these uh, earlier hiatuses when Cage Heat was there and they, and they came in for those earlier tapings, because let's not forget, the tag team tournament officially was supposed to start last season. It was when when they uh, lost the championships to begin. Well, I, I guess technically that season before last, the the, the uh, Cage Heat lost the titles and not Cage Heat. Sorry, the All American Girls at the time lost the titles. Cage Heat took them, but then the, the titles went up in dispute. So that was the the birth of the tag team tournament. And Cage Heat was supposed to be a part of that, and they're not. So. <clears throat> Since that time, which I guess would be, uh, was it two years? And I get, and that also goes back to the the comment left earlier about Wild Fan on our on our page on our channel. Excuse me. That uh, th- that presents a problem because life goes on, man. You know that, and there there lies the issue as it relates to Wild. Life goes on. Um. The young lady's name who played Delta Lot of Pain or performed as Delta Lot of Pain, Jawan D, I think I believe at this stage acting may be the forefront of her career. And being Delta Lot of Pain may no longer be the thing that she is pushing to do. That is unfortunate if that's the case. Now I'm I'm just giving this to you as uh, you know, as I understand the situation, I mean, I, I may get some further news or, you know, that can clarify. But, again, I'm just I'm saying this as a um, take it with a grain of salt scenario. I know that they, they have not been listed on the uh, the the wild media sheet. So, so for whatever reason, Cage Heat is not on there, which, I, again, I find that a little bit disappointing I thought Cage Heat in a tag team sense should be what Jungle Girl is now, or at least what I view Jungle Girl as, as the legacy act of WOW. The one piece of the puzzle for their division that still gives you some sort of connectivity to what WOW was. Even though they've had to grow up, you know, figuratively and literally, in order to exist in WOW's new format, they can still be there. They they can have a a uh, uh, a purpose, if you will, in the wild universe. <clears throat> but again, getting uh, one half of Cage Heat out there may present the problem. I don't know if uh, being part of that team anymore is is a high high priority. Uh, like I said, I think acting is pretty much taking that role, but. That said, I don't see why Loka would have to suffer for that necessarily. If you do not want to replace Delta Lot of Pain as a member of Cage Heat, then give a storyline to explain it away, or at least give give something to explain away the fact that Cage Heat is no longer there. Like there was no goodbye. There was there was no send off. There was none of that stuff like that. They just they just vanished. They're, they're just done. You know, that for whatever reason, they're, they're just out the door. Assumably. I'm, from what I, I also am understood that uh, the owner of WoW is supposed to be a big fan of the Cage Heat team. So, I mean, she if she, I'm sure if she wanted it bad enough, if she could toss out enough money and make it happen, 
Because I, I know if, if there's enough money being thrown, uh, Delta Lot of Pain will make an appearance. But the question is, how big a fan of it are you, Jeannie Buss? <laughs> so how, how big a fan are you to get that team back together or put them back on your television or bring them back next season or whatever? How big a fan of KG are you to do that? I, I would suggest at least enough to get them a final season or, or some somewhere where they can bow out or something like that. And it ain't hard to do. I don't th- this idea that we didn't, you know, have a storyline or, or angle that we could present to get uh Loka through a season without Delta is, you know, I'm not gonna say it's absurd, but you ain't thinking hard enough. If if you haven't come up with something, you ain't thinking hard enough. I I will say, and I wasn't gonna, you know, go that. I told Loka that I could give you a storyline for you off of that that would get KG back on TV inside of a day or two, cover the entire season, explain Delta, explain the split, and explain you on on your own and or in a new team, all in one swoop. Like it's it's not difficult. And you know, if, if that's what you want, just just tell me. <laughs> but but it, it's, it's not difficult to do. She should be on that show. She's she's right there, and she's been loyal to it. You know, I, I, and that that's just a, a personal side note for me. Is that uh, I I do believe Loka, if nothing else, deserves being on that show as a you know as a representative of Cage Heat, and just. Work it so that you know we understand why Delta isn't there, and that leaves the door open. It gives it gives you an out, and you and if anything, that should have been the unwilling partner scenario. That there, pairing Loka with anybody else on that roster, just so she has the opportunity to get the tag team titles that she basically never lost. I'm just saying. Now, now there's a little bit more to the story than that, but that I mean that that's basically the nuts and bolts of it. <clears throat> Take that what you will, wow. You, you should do do something for it, for Cage Heat. <sighs> ah, anyway, that that is a part of it. one one other thing I want to uh, address just briefly before we conclude this because we have reviewed the uh the bulk of that show and i remember that the uh, poll is there thumbs up thumbs down what do you what do you think yay or nay did you like the show did you not uh just just hit it up and i'll, I'll read the results of that uh later or next review uh hopefully i won't have two split between facebook and and youtube uh but <laughs> There is a, a clip of the interview that David McLean had with Dish Network on, um, on on their Facebook page, I believe. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's on their Facebook page. So you can go on their Facebook page and you can scroll down and you can find it. But uh, And I'm going to take a little bit of that audio and stick it in here so you can hear exactly what he had to say. And how have you seen wrestling evolve and now into women of wrestling? It's uh, well, obviously, since I was there, it's a bigger production and a bigger theatrical presentation. And women's wrestling, of course, is grown leaps and bounds, even specifically in the last 10 years. And as I noted, due to Jeannie Buss's influence, 
But now the women really are center stage for the first time. The real champion of women's professional wrestling is this person, Jeannie Buss. Everyone knows her as the owner of the LA Lakers, but she also is the owner of WOW Women of Wrestling. And without Jeannie and her passion, a whole group of women would not be able to do what they want to do. The line in there that really kind of stood out to me, and I say this with all due respect to David McLean and Jeannie Buss, that he and this isn't verbatim. Like I said, I put you know if you didn't hear it already, I'm, I'm you know the audio's in this so that you can hear the the, uh, the clip. Without Jeannie Buss, there would be an entire generation of women who wouldn't be able to live their dream. Which I don't necessarily have a problem with. I think it is somewhat misleading. And that, yes, Jeannie Buss has supported women's wrestling through WOW. And I think that is the key element there that has to be said. Jeannie Buss supported women's wrestling through WOW. Not women's wrestling in general. There, you know, statements like that are those statements of we exist in an island onto ourselves, or we exist in our own universe, and that's fine because as a company, you're supposed to do that. I understand it. You know, people got on the WWE. You know, that whole marketing term, the WWE universe. Well, they do that because they don't. Oftentimes, they don't acknowledge other stuff. They do now because, you know, it ain't going to hurt them. And they, and they acknowledge the things that they are partnered with, like Evolve and, and Ring of Honors, you know, sometimes, and so on and so forth. <clears throat> but by and large, when they choose not to acknowledge something, they just don't acknowledge it. It doesn't exist. As far as the WWE University is concerned, that doesn't exist. WOW is like that to some degree. When they say statements like that, like Jeannie Buss was responsible for women's wrestling, you know, like, well, that is saying that all the other wrestling around outside of WOW didn't exist. Even though in the same breath, they'll say, you know, Tessa Blanchard wrestled on the independents and she won a bunch of stuff. Jungle Girl wrestled on the independents. And, you know, they'll, they'll talk up the uh, – Use of independence as it relates to building up somebody that exists inside of WOW, and and that's fine also. I get the purpose behind that because it gives them more pedigree. It gives them a lineage. It gives, it gives them history, you know, and it sounds better. It sounds better that they just walk in and they have something underneath them like that. There's a, there's a, 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 a lineage behind me. You know, I was trying to find the right words that, that, that you know, you could possibly go out and find. It's kind of like, you know, somebody gets drafted in the NFL. You can go and you can look up their, their college career or what they did before that. And, and then you can say, man, that dude is a hoss. You know, look at him. He was playing this good when he was 18. I can imagine how he's going to do when he's in the NFL. Kind of the same theory there. I, she was great when she was wrestling with such and such. I can't imagine how she's doing that. But in this statement – it is, and maybe this is just how I took it, it's presented as if, if Jeannie Buss didn't step in, 
women's wrestling, you know, the people that got into involved in it, like they wouldn't be able to live their dreams. They they wouldn't even they wouldn't have the opportunity to wrestle. You know, if Jeannie Buston didn't somehow make WoW exist, which again I I, I find that just a, a, a little misleading, a little bit. Saying that blatantly ignores your shines, your shimmers, your WSUs, your girl fights, your rise, you know, and, and any number of all women promotions that sprouted up all across the country. I'm not, I'm not even going to, you know, present the WPN in that because I'm not, you know, the, we don't push a promotion. Now we we highlight it, but <clears throat> we're not a promotion. But all these other little uh, independent promotions that have sprouted up, that have gone out of their way to, to focus on and present and and book all women's shows, uh, like, you know, to, to uh, Women's Revolution Wrestling. I mean, all of that, you know, to, to say that, well, if Jeannie wasn't here, this wouldn't exist. I, that, that, that's, a, that's a little bit hard for me to swallow. I, and, and, again, I say that all due respect to David McClain, all due respect to Jeannie Buzz because I know that he's supposed to to sing the praises of Jeannie Buzz. I know she's supposed to be presented as you know the savior of women's wrestling, as you know, and from the wild narrative. But I also understand that it is their narrative. Their narrative is that you know wow is is the platform for women's wrestling in this country, if not the world. And that's great. That's fine. <clears throat> but. I also look at it like this. How many of them girls came or existed before WoW got their feet underneath them? How many of those places did they work before WoW was, you know, while WoW was still struggling to find a TV deal? There's a lot of them that's on that roster right now that have worked multiple locations and continue to work multiple locations you know, during those wild hiatuses, wild doesn't run all year round. They came, they did a TV taping last year, and that got cut up into the shows. And meanwhile, those girls was out getting booked elsewhere. Same thing now. They just did, you know, as I'm recording this, I think they, they just had a taping not but a week ago. And they wrapped up the season for season two. So now all the footage is there. All the matches are there. But. You know, what are they going to do in between that? They're going to go and they're going to go booking themselves for other places. They're going to go back to the OVWs and the Women's Wrestling Revolutions and the Impact Wrestlings and, and Girl Fight and WSU and Shine and Shimmer and Rise and da 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 They're going to go to all of those other little places that have supported that for a long time. If anything, I would say, you know, give TNA slash Impact Wrestling credit. That was one of the first places I had ever seen that took – the women from the independent circuit and gave them the opportunity to perform on a national stage that the WWE just simply would not. The WWE was just, you know, still hiring models and, you know, that we'll train you later. Basically the same uh, theory that WOW had originally. We'll hire you and we'll train you. We'll train you later. If you want to be a wrestler, you know, and you can make the cut, we'll, we'll train you to, to perform. Mean you know, but meanwhile, like I said, you know, you go back in that early phase of uh, TNA. Yes, now granted, it wasn't an all women's show, but you wouldn't have an Angelina Love, you wouldn't have a Velvet Sky, you possibly wouldn't have a Gail Kim, 
because I think she was ready to quit the business after the, after WWE let her go. <clears throat> you wouldn't have, you know, possibly an awesome Kong as as she exists in the United States. So, so it is very, you know, it. I I don't I don't want to. I was about to say arrogant. And that's the wrong term. I don't want to. I don't want to use that term. That's mean. You know, so, so let me retract that. I, I think it uh, ignores. That's probably the better way to put it. It ignores a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of resources spent from all these promoters. Promoters out there who are not billionaires. You know, they don't have some unlimited supply of money that they can throw at. You know having a women's wrestling promotion, but they do it anyway because they wanted to support it. You know, uh, uh, WSU up in the, up in the Northeast, like, they, they've been doing this thing for a while. Shimmer, when the May Young Classic rolls around, whose footage do they pick up? They pick up the, the uh, Shimmer's footage because they had practically every name of women's wrestling that has walked into a – Every major name that has walked into a wrestling ring over the past 10, 15 years. So, you know, so to say that, oh, yeah, without Jeannie Buss, you know, who knows what the, the world of women's wrestling would be right now. I was like, that, it'd be fine. <laughs> you see, it, it would still be what it is. Yeah, some of them would not be making a living at it. But. I'm not sure if they necessarily. I mean, it's a great supplement to the income to be a while. I don't. I don't know if they have a living at it yet. Very likely they will because you know if Wild's on national TV and if they continue on, the checks will go up, or at least they should. And if they're not going to give them the, the bigger paychecks, then you know, shame on you. But uh, but that there's there's other names out there that have gone and pushed and and elevated and maintained the world of women's wrestling before Jeannie Buss threw in, you know, a, a, a blank check to get wild up and running and give them, you know, the, the, the best facilities and this, that, and the other. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It's great that Jeannie Buss does that. It's great that Jeannie Buss believes in the product. It's great that Jeannie Buss is willing to support it and willing to own it and have her own little, you know, slice of the wrestling world, so to speak. But uh, her being the savior of women's wrestling, I do have a hard time taking. And I'm sure if this gets back to WoW or whomever else that's on there and, and they have some words, I'm... I'm Listen, feel free to contact me. The, the contact information is the same. You know, if you, if you want to straighten me out and tell me, oh, well, that's not true and this is why, you know, I'm all for it, man. I'm like, I'm, I'm open to an open debate. It ain't got, it ain't got to be mean-spirited, nothing like that. I'm open to an open debate. Just, you know, hey, just let me know. But... Bear in mind, when I say that, I, I do say it with these, uh, not terms, but I do say it recognizing this scenario. Where, you know, when WoW was still searching to be a television show, those places were still pushing the women. 
And yes, it wasn't on TV. It wasn't on streaming services because they didn't exist yet. It wasn't on, you know, some platform that the world could see, but they still gave them something. So I think there lies some of the real underlying heroes as, as far as that is concerned. But I'm again, I'm willing to debate that that uh <laughs> that that position. Anyhow, so that's it, folks. That is the full review plus a little extra bonus stuff there, uh, talking about uh, Gina. I didn't, I wasn't intending on going off, going into that and and, and whatnot, but it, it just turned into it just because, uh, you know, I happened to come across that clip beforehand, and I was like, ooh, I, I disagree with that. But uh, tell me what you think. Leave leave your comments or send me the message again. You can leave them if you're on YouTube. Just leave your comments in the comment section. If you are listening to this in any MP3 downloadable or streaming podcast format and you're not on YouTube, you can go to our Facebook page and you can send a message there and I will get to it. Or you can message me directly, which is what I was about to say. You can message me directly at Mr. Green 75 at hotmail.com and I will read those questions slash comments on the air as I did earlier in the show and we will address it and also be sure to check that poll. What did you think of the show? Yes or no? Yay or nay? How did you like it? <clears throat> Was it really, really good or did it stink? What a, you know, that that those are the options right now. <laughs> Which one did you, did you, which category did you fall into? And also, if you are uh, looking to give support to some of those smaller level women's promotions, such as, uh, well, I'm not going to say promotions, smaller levels of women's uh, scenes like ours, because, you know, we, we haven't promoted a full show yet. And I say yet because I'm really strongly thinking about it. But that's a whole different issue. Uh, if you want to give support to that, then you can do so by subscribing right now. Hit that subscribe button. Click the bell if you're on YouTube. Subscribe to wherever you may download the podcast. Go to our Instagram. Go to our Facebook. Go to wherever we have any version of social media and support, like, follow, subscribe. Do what you have to do to, to let us know because the uh, numbers always mean a lot i have found that uh the, the investors slash supporters slash uh people that want to buy in and stuff like that they they look at it and once they see it it's like oh man you have people that actually care about women's wrestling so if you care about it and you want to see some more you want to see some of the names that we've uh, presented on the show and you want to see us book them into something because we like i say i'm strongly considering gathering that together your Brooklyn Creeds, your Crystal Roses, your Double D Roses, and uh, uh, <coughs> Aja Pereira's uh, Duchess, Aza Lee, who should be making a comeback, and so on and so forth. You want to see us do any of that stuff? Like the channel. Like, subscribe, share, all of that stuff. And uh, lastly, I think we will also put up a, a get back into the Patreon thing. The Patreon and $2.00. Two dollars. That that is going to be the high of the high. It's going to be two dollars, one ninety nine, two bucks, whatever the case be. That that is all you need to do to support this channel. And and with that, we'll come up with some cool prizes, maybe some shirts and uh, extra content and what have you. Uh, 
lead, you know, I'm gonna have to talk over it with the with the team, and we'll we'll see what we can come up with. So that's that's it, folks. That is the review. That is everything. Leave your comments, questions, blah 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 below, or send me the message. And with that, this is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long, everybody, and we will see you on the next go round.